Hello and welcome to Teacher Notes, the podcast of the Music Teachers Association. I'm Patrick Johns, musician, radio producer, music teacher and, of course, MTA member. So, have you survived your first week's teaching of the term? Did it go well? Did all the students turn up virtually and the lessons that have taken literally hours to plan all run like clockwork? Well, I'm guessing some yes and some no. We can't all be perfect remotely any more than we're perfect in the classroom. But one thing is for sure, and that to pinch a soundbite from a politician who shall remain nameless, is that there is truly a Herculean effort taking place in music education all across the world to keep our lessons running, to keep them interesting, engaging and above all musical. No small achievement when you consider that what is now the norm was unthinkable just eight weeks or so ago. In this episode, we'll hear from the MTA's curriculum lead, Dr. Stephen Berriman, about his collaborative blog in which he and 14 other music teachers have been reflecting on a well-known but still relevant teaching resource. And you can find out about that later. Plus, I'll have details of future MTA meetings, a promotional offer for you, and details of an MTA bring-your-own-bottle social. Yes, you heard me right. Details to follow. But first, the MTA has been very, very active of late, meeting online twice weekly in order to share ideas, discuss hurdles we've encountered, and to offer solutions and suggestions based on our own practice. On Monday, the 20th of April, Caitlin Sharing and Kate Davis hosted the first of two meetings on the topic of setting up the new term online, with a focus on teaching music in primary and prep schools. Here they are. First Kate and then Caitlin to tell us what happened. Monday the 20th of April was, for many of us, the start of delivering our music curriculum for home learning. We may have had a week or two at the end of last term where we tried out different ideas, and I think that many of us have worked pretty much flat out over the Easter holidays to find a way that works for us and for our pupils. It was great to see so many teachers interested in Key Stage 1 and 2 at the Zoom meeting, and wonderful to share what can be a rather lonely existence with like-minded professionals. In many ways, delivering music to Key Stage 1 and 2 can be harder than with the older age groups. They are, particularly at Key Stage 1, more reliant on full support at home and may not have access to enough screens, etc. I know that expectations across different schools vary greatly. I'm sure that many people, certainly as I did, feel anxious about what they're offering to their pupils and it was great to feel support and have advice from other colleagues without feeling that it's a competition to see who can provide the most blingy, for want of a better word, learning experience. We know our pupils, we know our schools, our parental body and our own limitations and we need to plan accordingly. I'm going to hand over to Caitlin to tell you about the various ideas and discussions that came out of the meeting. I'm currently drawing up a list of resources that were mentioned during the meeting and we'll share those with you and perhaps we'll be able to revisit with another meeting in a few weeks' time if we're still dealing with the same situation. Hope your term goes well. Good luck. I have to start by saying how impressed I've been participating in these Zoom meetings with the pragmatic approach music teachers across the country have taken in their adaption to this very new and challenging approach to their teaching. It's definitely not easy to provide the engaging and challenging curriculum we're so used to facilitating face-to-face for pupils when they're at home. And I feel we're still in the very early days of coming to grips with this new way of providing education. The consistent messages seem to be that our school expectations are changing almost as quickly as the government guidance, and we're all adapting and changing along with our schools. 
conversation on Monday focused around trying to find a healthy balance between setting worthwhile activities that will challenge and engage our pupils, whilst also recognising in any school setting, the tasks we set do need to be designed in the simplest and most manageable way possible to minimise pressure on parents. We also discussed accessibility and usability of software. There's so many amazing resources out there and many companies are providing great deals and extended free trial periods in the current climate. But we do need to be mindful that not every child will be able to access or use new software with the hardware available to them. I think proceed with caution is probably the guidance there. Many schools are setting one musical task per week that's compulsory to complete. Discuss with class teachers the best way to set this to avoid too many tasks being set for children on any given day. Personally, I'm setting mine in line with their normal music timetable to maintain the expectation that whether they're at home or at school, they'll be doing music on the same day. There were a lot of suggestions for activities that have been tried and tested by the teachers involved in the chat, and there were a lot of positive ideas around these. A lot of teachers so far have utilised the amazing free resources provided by various practitioners. Some of them are groups like Beat Goes On and the Voices Foundation and Kate's providing a really extensive list. And now that we're into the summer term, the plan for many is to begin to introduce more tailored activities. Active listening activities are a quick way of setting work that broadens the children's musical exposure and simple tailored questioning to cover the musical concepts you want them to develop helps you to monitor their engagement. A lot of teachers have been utilising quizzes like Cahoots, which the children love taking part in, and those quizzes like Cahoots, they self-mark, which reduces the workload for you. Another initiative a lot of teachers are championing is setting whole school or whole key stage activities around singing or body percussion. The additional bonus of this is that it allows the children who have been feeling isolated at the moment to feel as though they're an integral member of their school community. I've been using this time as an opportunity to try and change the mindset of the children who have never considered their home to be a place of making music. We all have children in our settings who have naturally made music at home, whether it's through formal learning of an instrument or a natural love of producing music at home. And we also have children who have never thought of their home as a place to make music. Now their academic school life has been brought into their homes, this is a wonderful opportunity for children and their parents to be supported in creatively finding ways of enjoying music within their households. I've touched a little on utilising the wonderful expertise of the other amazing practitioners in the music education world to support our children and this should definitely continue to be used to embellish our teaching. I think as well though we need to remember that our children do want to see us and they get a lot of pleasure when they see our faces or hear our voices. These sorts of videos only need to be short and they could be in the form of leading warm-ups, running a singing assembly or a body percussion routine. Just to finish up, I just want to say a really big well done to everybody. We know that this isn't easy for anyone and a lot of us are having to manage duties in our schools that we've never done before on top of championing music within our settings. I think the MTA are doing a wonderful job in connecting music teachers, which is even more important now than ever. I wish you all the best of luck. We will get through this. Thank you to Caitlin Shering and before her, Kate Davis. And the link to the list of resources that Kate referred to is now in the MTA staff room on Facebook. The second of the two meetings took place on Tuesday the 21st of April and was hosted by Gareth Hemmings, looking at the same topic, setting up the new term online in secondary and senior schools. Here's Gareth to tell us more. 
it was great to catch up with colleagues after the first few days back teaching remotely. Whilst we were all partly reeling from the new way of teaching and learning, it was great to share experiences, seek reassurance and compare notes. We covered six main areas regarding the setup of the new term. Firstly, VMTs. It was good to see and share how the visiting music teachers within each department had been finding their teaching and learning, and also seeing how each department had been able to support them in setting up this new way of teaching. We looked at the various different platforms that were being used from Zoom to Teams to Google Meet, and also the level of support that each department was able to give, and whether the team were self-employed VMTs or employed by the school. Academic schemes of work was our second area of discussion. Colleagues were only one or two lessons into this new term, but most had adapted their existing schemes of work. We felt it would be a good idea to follow up on this in a couple of weeks' time when we had a bit more data and a bit more evidence to talk about. A couple of weeks ago I had floated the idea of a collaborative project with the MTA and received interest from a number of schools. We've been gradually developing projects which involve remixing Hampshire folk songs on Soundtrap with Year 7 and also for a fusion project with Year 9 which would link ultimately to Area Study 4 fusions at GCSE. We are really keen to float this out to other schools and I'm writing this up at the moment and we'd be very happy to share these schemes of work wider. We also discussed Year 10 and Year 12 and the importance of maintaining the momentum during this critical term in their education. This term, our school has turned on video teaching, uh, which has certainly revolutionised the lessons, uh, especially for Year 10 and Year 12. We found that we were able to do much more in-depth analysis very effectively um, using Google Meet. Ensembles was the third area we talked about. As the first rehearsals of the new term have been happening this week in schools across the country, our colleagues shared how they had used various techniques and various devices in order to make the rehearsals effective and to keep that sense of spirit and ensemble going. Many of these techniques had been discussed at a previous meeting and again it would be good to compare notes a little later on in the term to see how effectively these have been working. Colleagues had already tried issuing guide recordings for people to sing along or play along to and then recording their own versions to mix together. Some colleagues had also used piano reductions on Sibelius to provide a backing track for people to sing along or play along to. I found this week in our first two rehearsals of the symphony orchestra and the chamber choir at school, the pupils were really keen to come on and talk and it was lovely to see everybody's faces and we used this time to discuss how people felt about being in isolation, about how they could use their time effectively to practice, to work on the repertoire we'd already been working on, to plan out things that we would be doing when we came back to school. I also set the orchestra a little challenge where each of them was going to create me an ostinato pattern which we're going to make into a an orchestral mashup. I'm also planning to release these uh, stems to the members of the orchestra so that if any of them are into their music tech they can take those and remix them as well. So we were very keen to keep playing going and playing as part of the core purpose of each of our ensembles. The impact of music across the whole school was the fourth area of discussion. The importance of music to glue a school together is hugely significant and we had a fantastic discussion about how we retain this during this period of isolation. One colleague shared how their chapel choir had been pre-recording their hymns so that they could use them during assembly time to keep the sense of community going through congregational singing, albeit in their own homes. 
Similar things had also been happening in schools with their chapel choirs and their even songs. Our department continues to release our regular Friday lunchtime recitals, but with performances recorded by pupils at home and sent in to me, and then mixed together in a short 15-minute recital, so that we get the idea that music is still continuing and still alive at our school, even though it's not in our physical buildings. We have also created a departmental website to share these recordings on so that families can log in and listen to various concerts that were pre-recorded over the course of the year, as well as the new music that's being created now by our students. This led into our fifth area of discussion, the well-being aspect of music, and how important it was not just for the pupils, but for staff too. At PGS we have been compiling a twice-weekly mindfulness blog with listening ideas for families and for staff. We've also been posting fun musical activities on our website, setting up family challenges to engage with, and activities which will feed into events for when we are back into school. For example, a parent and pupil ensemble. Our final area of discussion was considering how we can best use this time to prepare for September specifically with the year six to seven or eight into nine transition. This period of remote learning is an ideal time for us to engage with our feeder schools, with musical activities that could join them together and to be used for performances in September when we are all back to start the new school year. I'm very lucky that my assistant director of music is a talented composer who's working on a special piece incorporating some of the musical material that we are working on in school at the moment. And we will also send this out to our feeder schools so that they can learn it. And then when they arrive in September, we will have a communal piece of music that we can all perform together. We all agreed that there are so many exciting things happening in our music departments across the country at the moment that it would be a great idea to collate and crystallise some of these things in one place so that the best of this way of teaching can be retained, refined and reused to enrich our curricula going forward. Thank you to Gareth Hemmings for that summary of Tuesday's meeting. And don't forget that these regular discussions are all being recorded and posted in the MTA staff room on Facebook, so please do have a listen if you can't make the actual live meeting. The next meeting on Zoom is on Monday the 27th of April at the new regular time of 4.30pm and will be hosted by Stephen Berryman. In it, he'll be sharing details of his blog series, Relearning How to Teach Music in the Secondary School. Sound familiar? And as a little taster, here is Stephen to tell us more about the project and how we can get involved. Hello, I'm Stephen Berryman and I've been leading on our collaborative Curriculum Conversations a series of blog posts which all started from a tweet from Christine Council it was, but about how we need to be as classroom teachers really theorising about our curriculum decisions and it made me return to the Learning to Teach Secondary School Music, third edition, edited by Gary Spruce and others. And this book, though intended for trainee teachers, is actually quite interesting and there's lots of thought-provoking questions and tasks in the chapters untweeted that I'd love to have a collaborative blogging effort where we went through the tasks and worked each day, responding to a task, reading the chapter quite slowly, one chapter over two weeks. So we started with John Finney's chapter, and we're now on to blog post 10 today, and it's been fantastic to reflect with colleagues and share ideas. And next week we're carrying on with the second chapter in the book, Gary Spruce. Um, So I'm hoping there might be some more people who want to join us, and so if you are a classroom teacher of music in any context... I'd love you to be involved because the aim really is that we keep having these conversations about our curriculum, particularly while we're all working remotely 
and doing our best to keep the learning going for all our pupils. But I think we shouldn't prevent our own learning from taking place whilst we are working remotely. So I'm hoping by working in collaboration, we can continue to champion our own professional development, our own professional learning, and keep the music curriculum and our thinking behind it very much at the forefront of what we're doing as we plan to return to school in due course. If you'd like to get involved, I'd love to hear from you. Do send me a direct message on Twitter. My um, handle is Stephen underscore Berryman. I'd love to hear from you. You're very welcome to join us wherever you might be in the world and country. And um, we will be carrying on next week with the Gary Spruce chapter. So if you do send me a direct message anytime soon, I can add you to our group and you can join in with the collaborative blogging. And here's one of the contributors, Vaughan Fleischfresser, with his take on it. A couple of weeks ago, I was invited by Stephen Berryman to take part in a collaborative blog looking at the first chapter of learning to teach music in the secondary school. As a keen reflective practitioner, I jumped at the opportunity and I've been thankful ever since. Having an opportunity to reflect on things that we engage with every day as a music teacher has been really beneficial. More so than that, the benefit that comes from trying to put these things into words and having your thoughts challenged or confirmed or even evolved through the process. Uh, And having to do it each day has been particularly enjoyable because it brings out your true thoughts and feelings with the pressure of time. So overall, I'd recommend this exercise to any teacher, not just in music. And if only we could find a way to do this more often, I think individually and collectively as a profession, we would really benefit from it. So bravo and thank you to Stephen for organising such a wonderful project. Thanks to Vaughan Fleischresser, one of the contributors to the project, and before him, to the project's leader and also the MTA's curriculum lead, Stephen Berryman. To find out more, please do tune in, if that's the right expression, to the Zoom meeting on Monday, 27th of April at 4.30pm. Don Gilthorpe has posted the link and the meeting ID in the MTA staff room on Facebook. The Tuesday meeting will be a little different. Now, if there's one thing that musicians like more than teaching and playing music, it's, well socialising and talking about music, of course. Now we can't meet face to face and of course the conference has sadly been postponed. So the MTA Partnerships lead, Tim Garrard, will, on Tuesday the 28th of April, be hosting an online MTA social. You are invited to bring a drink, hot or cold, alcoholic or soft. I would remind you that it starts at 4.30pm, so single gene teas only. And Tim will lead the informal meeting and will get us all chatting in smaller groups. It should be a lot of fun. As before, the link is in the staff room on Facebook. It's currently only open to MTA members, but that's just another reason to join if you're not already a member. More details at the end of the podcast. It's nearly it, actually, for this edition of Teaching Notes, but before I go, there is a wonderful offer to tell you about. Marion Friend, MBE no less, is offering MTA members free coaching sessions on a range of topics that affect us all. They are delivered via Zoom, last for an hour or less if you prefer, and of course are confidential. Issues that you can discuss with Marion include career development, challenges in professional or personal environments, and the impact on the individual of change in the workplace. These sessions are open to all MTA members, teachers, managers, and administrators. And with Marion's lifetime of experience as a professional coach, they are well worth it. We all need to look after ourselves as well as our students, don't we? To benefit from this wonderful offer, please email enquiries at marionfriend.co.uk. 
And that's it for another edition of Teaching Notes, the Music Teachers Association's podcast. Thank you to all our contributors, Caitlin Schering, Kate Davis, Gareth Hemmings, Steve Berryman, and Vaughan Fleischresser. If you'd like to take part in a future podcast, the more the merrier, and the deeper and richer the content for everyone, please do email me, Patrick Johns, media at musicteachers.org. If you're not yet an MTA member, please do consider joining. For just over £60 a year, or half that if you join before the 30th of April, you'll get the weekly bulletins, the staff room on Facebook, Zoom meetings with incredible support and advice, the Termini Magazine Ensemble, the annual conference, and lots, lots more. Full information is available at musicteachers.org. Thank you for listening to Teaching Notes, the Music Teachers Association's podcast with me, Patrick Johns. Please do spread the word about this podcast by sharing it on social media and telling friends and colleagues about it. And of course, do get in touch to take part. Be sure to catch the next edition next week. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye.